Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits at the Recycle Garage here in Santa Cruz, California. Sunny Today. Santa Cruz. Everybody's tired. I'm your host, well, co-host tonight, I'm Douglas. We got Liza in the house. Yo. Lucas. Yeah. Mike. Howdy. Megan. Hey. Adrian. Hello. All right, I guess there's a bunch of fun topics to talk about tonight. Uh, I'm going to give the mic to Liza now. Thank you, Douglas. So um, let's start. Uh, let's talk about what we did today. We usually like to talk about that. I didn't do a whole lot. Well, I did a little something, but oh well. Might as well just start with it. So we haven't. I haven't discussed this on the podcast, but my announcement is that I am starting a new project because I have three unfinished projects. So I got to keep the balance. Of course. <laughs> So I'm taking uh, the bike currently known as Gooch, which is set up as a shop truck with a flatbed trailer on the back, and I'm stripping it down, and I'm building another street tracker because, well, because I can. And because this is a CB900C, which in general, the bike sucks, but it has an amazing engine with a 10-speed transmission. So I'm going to take all the suck off, which is everything but the frame and the engine, and then put a lot of glorious hotness on it. <laughs> what color away. is it going to be? Uh, see, that's such a girl thing to start with. What I'm a color? Girl, sorry. I don't know. Yeah, see, I was going to ask, why does it have a 10-speed transmission? <laughs> uh, well, you told me about this, right? There's, there's no like, good answer to that. There's two yeah. major gears, right? It's like a, like a bicycle. The, the simple answer is it was leftover parts that Honda used. They used the CB900F engine which is a super sport bike. And then they used the Goldwing, um, the suspension and drive unit. The CB900F is a left side chain. The Goldwing is a right side drive shaft. How do we get these two to talk to one another? <gasps> Second transmission. Yeah. So it has uh, five gears on the front, two on the, on, on the rear. Most people just use the second one as an overdrive, but I found that it has a huge advantage, especially in the hills here. Um, I took that bike for a ride once, and you know when you get onto like curvy road, and your your gearing just isn't right, so you have to keep downshifting and then upshifting and then downshift and then upshift. They really have that problem on the supermoto. <laughs> yeah. Well, on this bike, I went, oh wait a minute, and I shifted over to the next set of gears and suddenly it was geared perfectly for the road I was on. Just engine braking in. It was it was amazing. So I figured, well, that engine deserves much better. So I am setting off to build another street tracker out of a CB900C. I don't know, it usually takes me a year or so. So, How long has the Tiger Cub taken you? Well, that's a different. <laughs> well, the difference is the Tiger Cub was a basket case that needed ground up rebuild of every single part, including the engine. This CB900C is currently running. I'm just teasing. I know, but I'm explaining <laughs> to people. Um, so it's a running bike. So the big trick is going to be finding a sport bike front end that'll fit, like a Jixer or something like that. Yeah. Or Hayabusa or something. You can find uh, plenty there, of crash those. I was going to say, there might be some used Hayabusa parts soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, so, Mike, what'd you do today? Um, I uh, brought the CB554 out again and... Um, 
So the last when we last left uh, our, this break, uh, so the uh, the front forks were bent. I replaced that, but then we found out that the lower tree uh, was bent also. So I found a nice piece, uh, a nice used uh, um, one on Craigslist that was advertised as straight and true, and so we put that to the test today. It was um, so messing around with you know grease and bearings and uh, put we put a new uh, uh, new set of handlebars on. This one. I like the way it makes the bike. I like I like the way the handlebars feel yeah. sitting on it. The old I, one. I highly recommend to people that when you you should work on a bike when you have a cast iron foot so you can get everyone else to do everything for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, because I I guess I can't really carry too much weight on it. So yeah, you and um, and Sage were putting it up on the jacks and getting it off the jacks and rolling it in and out and mostly once it was a uh, once it was in place then I was able to do stuff with it. <laughs> But yeah, and then so the next uh, the next project or the next step I think is going to be new brake line. Oh yeah, going to put a new brake new brake line. His brake line got pinched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, but that actually that's fine because I'm using the seven. That's the old five fifty brake. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to replace it with a seven fifty brake line and the, and the seven fifty. You know, you can go up to the hose shop up here in Santa Cruz and get we it custom made. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, you can you can get it custom made, stainless braided. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I think I think the the the, the front end I bought had the full um, seven fifty brake system, so I should be able to install that next week, maybe. Oh, and I wanted to explain all the clanking will, will be as usual. Somebody is working on something still. So there's in the garage. Yeah, I know. Oh my! Thing. What a terrible. Yeah. <laughs> How rude! It ruins the illusion that we're in a studio, Douglas, <laughs> when you keep opening up the toolbox. I, I I thought the illusion was that we were in a garage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's not really working on anything. It's just sound. He's just making. <laughs> He's pressing buttons. Doug's our foley guy today. <laughs> yes. And then uh, Sage came by, and he spent all day putting a mirror on his bike. Yeah. Aww, <laughs> which required, how cute! Yeah, what he required what he had to drill a new hole into his fairing and drew a, drew, uh, drill a new hole into the actual bracket. Right. Why not just get bonds, dude? It was. It wasn't all day. It was about two hours. It was a lot of time standing around, being like, "How do I do this?" Um, but. Megan and Douglas, you want to share what you did today? Because you weren't here oh, in the yeah. garage. We you missed all the fun. So um, Doug and I went down to San Luis Obispo on Friday night. And um, I don't know if we'd mentioned before that Sage had offered up um, bikes to us. And he is from Oro Grande. So when we were down there, it's like a 15-minute drive from San Luis Obispo. We met Sage's dad, Matthew. And he got, gave us a, what is it, a 75? So 1977 77. XR75. XR75 and a pocket bike, um, which, yeah, what did you guys call it? The, the murder, murder cycle. The murder cycle. Murder cycle. <laughs> and the murder so cycle. we um, trucked those back today in my little truck, and they're both running. Yeah, we, uh, we met up with Adrian down at uh, Pozo. Pozo. Yeah. And we had just trucked the, the bike around in the back of the truck. We hadn't even tried to get it started yet or anything. And uh, I smelled the gas, so, you know, it, it smelled okay, but we replaced the gas anyway. Um, put some new gas in it, quick inspection, and it actually started on the first kick after been sitting in a garage for... A while. Two years or a year or something oh, like that. Cool. So thank you so much to Sage and uh, Matthew. And Matthew made a, you know, financial contribution to the garage as well, so we really appreciate that, and it was really cool that, you know... He took us 
yeah, took thanks. the time to yeah, drive he, us around AG and um, get, pick up these bikes, you know? I'm going to ex- extend the thank you from uh, Matthew, Sage's dad, to everybody who does pitch in around here. He said, thank you very much. You're all doing a really good thing. So yeah, let's keep it awesome. up. We're making people happy. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Cool. We're pillars of the community. <laughs> well, maybe um, not you, Lucas. Yeah, that well, might be pushing it. Kidding. I am by association. Maybe like an <laughs> end table of the community. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to get on to today's topic. Um, hey, I did stuff today too, you know. Oh, oh. Yeah, all right. Do share. <laughs> Jeez. Do share. Um, actually, I didn't do anything on bikes. I just sucked a whole bunch of trail dice, <laughs> trail dust. Um, I was down in Pozo for the weekend uh, during dirt bike camping. Um, and yeah, we had to do some trailside maintenance of tires and <laughs> 75s that showed up. But mostly I was just sucking dust because I was with two um, District 36 ra- racers. So I got my ass handed to me quite a few times. It was nice and humiliating. So you take two bikes, is that so you have a backup? Um, yeah, generally I take two bikes because I'm usually loaning one out to somebody right. um, who's coming along for the ride. And this time I actually only brought one because the 400 I deemed you know, not roadworthy this time. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, and it. Wait, has, you deem it not road roadworthy, but that's when you're going to loan out to people. Nah, I'm not quite that cruel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I usually take two, and there has been times where something has gone horribly wrong with one of them that I've had to ride the second day on the second one. So it's almost an A B scenario, but not always quite. be prepared. Yeah. Cool. So I wanted to talk about today's uh, first topic: um, painting your bike. This is something a lot of people go through. I mean, Liza's looking at me. Mike, just yeah, the other, the other day when you're talking about this new concourse you're buying, and yeah. you, you said, so should I rattle can it? Yeah. And my no. first instinct yes. after my butt stops puckering is like, mm, no. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. No. No, he wanted to rattle can yes. over a factory paint job that is. It's faded, Still but there. it's fine. Yeah. Uh, you can okay. see the white like no. the, the, plastic um, underneath of it. I'm yeah. just going to turn no, Adrian's mic off now because every bike you have is yeah. rattle can flat black with the old paint coming through because you didn't do any prep. <laughs> 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 and you know what? I had to the terra- fix up your old the ex 500 i went through so many paint jobs on that thing and you owned that bike at one point so shush uh, no um my partner owned that bike <laughs> you guys she owned that is bike. the one who did the paint job on that. <laughs> however um no my terra is um currently stock paint job because you haven't gotten your hands on it yet isn't ready right. yet <laughs> yeah that too all right so lucas you've never painted yourself uh, I've never done not. actual paint, but I am a semi-expert at plasti dipping paint. Okay, we'll hear all about that in a second. <laughs> um, Mike, have you painted yet? Uh, no, haven't done any painting. The, the, the CB550 had a nice paint job when I got it. It still mostly has a nice paint job, just with a big, uh, big Scrape. Hole, <laughs> hole where the, uh, where the dent in the tank is. So before I get into my painting stories, uh, Megan and Douglas, you both have painted bikes. Are yeah. you going to paint the next bike? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the painting. It's not it's the, the painting. It's the prep. It's the prep. And I actually... James. <laughs> well, after I, I crashed the Ninja, uh, it took me so long to fix the bodywork. I was rocking it naked for like close to a year. Yeah. And because uh, I was afraid to just jump in and get it done because I'd never done plastic welding before. So if you have plastics out there and they're just sitting in your garage cracked, you can do it. It's actually pretty easy. You can do it. And um, I just had a bad experience um, 
I, I did all the prep and everything. What got me in the end was, for some reason, the paint I was using had some bad reactions, and I'm still unsure as to why this happened, but um, got everything prepped, primed, put multiple coats of black on it, you know, let it dry, and then another thin coat of black, and let it dry, and another thin coat of black, which is what you're supposed to do is lots of small, you know, thin layers. I go to put on a next, and it cracked. Like, I don't know how else to describe it, but it got cracked, and, like, the paint had separated. It was the same paint. I, I don't no, know what geez. I did. And so I ended up having to re-sand everything. It's, and this happened to me three different times. I've had this happen. It's, like, the biggest disaster. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it happened to me on three separate pieces, you and mean, it was like just the, the so surface got not the modeled, it, and yeah, it, it was weird. They actually sell paint that does that. This was it this was not it. And yeah, wrinkles. wrinkles and wrinkles, yeah. and it gets a textured surface. Mm-hmm. That's and what it was. It was really bizarre. It was really bizarre because I hadn't changed the paint. I had. I. I don't. I didn't do anything different. And some of the pieces turned out great, and some of them I had to repaint like three or four times, and that was a nightmare. Um, was there a particular time of day that you had problems with those pieces? Because temperature and air humidity mm-hmm. can actually affect your paint jobs. Yeah. It's too hot. I, I don't think it was either really, really hot or really, really cold. There's also, it's been I know. Pretty even, you know, in mm. Santa Cruz lately, and I wasn't doing it early or late in the day. If you read the know. if you read uh, the instructions on the paint cans, there's actually a window of time that you can't paint. Yeah, you can coat right again immediately, or you can come back like in an hour. But if you come in like I, I forget what the time frame is, maybe like 45 minutes or something, there's still a um, the 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 thinner or whatever that's in the paint outgassing. It comes out and it and it regels what you already did, which hasn't fully cured and causes it to wrinkle because they're drying at two different uh, time, I guess the timing, I'm not sure yeah. how to explain it. I don't know. Two different rates, and I think that's why it crinkles. Yeah, yeah. We, we were boggled by that because it was the same paint. Um, did you like ever wait a day or anything? No, and then I, it was all, I did it was all pieces all on the same day. Well, if you know why this is happening, email us. So <laughs> the, I had I just had some bad luck, and my plastics that I were working with were not ideal. They had been crashed multiple times. People had tried to fix them multiple times. Um, there had been multiple paint jobs before mine where they didn't do the proper prep work. So, like, people had painted over stickers and so when i was sanding it was like gumming up the sander when you keep saying the people and you say it with this all poison, the previous owners. do you mean the pe- the person sitting next to you no may no <laughs> I'm not um, no because if i remember right um there were a couple owners in between there was also there's owners before us that are the ones who put the blue, the red over the stickers. Yeah. We only did black. I think, okay, so Mm. I found blue, I found red, I found silver, I found like a magenta, (laughs) Um, and then I also found multiple stickers that people had just painted over. And it was just, it was a nightmare. (laughs) Um, If I'd had better plastics, like the Doug's ears were in pretty good shape when you did them, except for a couple of spots. It would have been a lot easier, but mine were just... So tell me this. Uh, about how much money did you spend in paint? I honestly have no idea. Because um, you kept using mine, that's why. No, <laughs> And my sandpaper. Mm-hmm. I bought mine. I honestly have no idea because it took such a long time. Lucas looks like this is the most boring topic ever. He has, like, <laughs> I checked really tired. out. <laughs> I, I don't know. I spent... I didn't Do you do want the it. rest of my root beer? It's brand new. I'm not going to finish it. Awesome. 
here. Um, so let's talk about what is the proper procedure. Just a second. What oh, you're going to go help? Well, I'll talk then. So I have painted bikes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what's, what's, what are, what are the, 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 uh, the possibilities well, the, the, the between prep rattle canning is, and, and yeah. doing a pro job? The prep is is that you need to take down the old paint, preferably down in the metal, but at least down towards smooth. Then you have to fill in with uh, a filler, like a Bondo, to fill in any recesses, mm. divots, stuff like that. And then you have to sand that, and you have to sand it so it's feathered out sanding. You don't want to have, you can't have any lumps so or edges. Up um, so that takes a lot of, of yeah. work. And, and then, then you primer it, and then you sand that down, and then you do layer by layer, and you kind of sand because as you, if you just keep spraying, it goes on unevenly, and that's what you get that orange peel look. Oh, okay. Right? So you really have to kind of sand. And sometimes what you're, you're sanding down uh, three-quarters of what you just put yeah. on. Right. So it's like running in sand. You kind of keep building it up, building it up. Yeah, maybe I'll just leave the Connie as it is. No, <laughs> it'll do. Unless no, you crash it, yeah. and unless uh, there's, like, fusion, serious Krillin, damage. Fine. And then you yeah. need to clear coat it, though. A lot of people are just doing the flat black and leaving it, which is going to get crappy looking fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you clear coat it and you sand that and sometimes the clear coat can crinkle and then you have to take it down and start all over again. Uh, okay. And that's what I was having the problem with the most was I that and that was why it was most frustrating was I'd finish with the color and I'd go, Okay, this is a nice, even, shiny black and then I'd go for the clear coat. <laughs> and then it would crinkle. I don't know. I was miserable. Mm. There were a couple tears of frustration shed. You you can the point is though, you can rattle can and have a good look come out wouldn't it um, be better if it's if you have access to one or you have one to use like a airbrush painting thing you know like a paint gun a paint gun because well, I, i've seen rattle can jobs i mean like the paint looks good and they've did a good clear coat but it's really hard to make it even with a rattle can when some you're using a compressor spraying you're gonna have the, a lot of the overspray you really need to have some sort of a booth no, you, you got to set up like a tent. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you have to have more supplies. Yeah, you can rattle can. Um, try and find some place that is out of the wind, because that makes right, a big difference. Right, right, right. If you get if you lay down fresh paint and then some dirt blows on it, you will have or a like bad day. Pollen. That was the big thing too. Yeah. Was we were having a bunch of pollen stuff, so like yellow bits would get stuck in it. And I, I've had gnats land in it. Mm -hmm. Hairs. Yeah. I, it was shedding on it, and yeah, um, fun. And and you can also you can what I like is I did one with that was like a cadet blue with um, black pinstripes and a silver racing stripe, oh, and cool. so you can do two colors stuff like that. Um, you have to tape it to do that. Then there is another possible heartbreak when you pull the tape up. Right. Part of the reason that that triumph is still sitting in there that I haven't gone because I decided okay, I'm gonna paint this. I'm halfway through painting it. And I pulled up the tape, and it pulled up the paint. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was a heartbreak. It was a walk-away moment. It's been a two-year-long walk-away moment to get myself up to finishing painting. What kind of tape did you use? Masking tape blue. Blue. Painter's tape. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. yeah, the blue. Um, it, so it can be a heartbreak. The bigger heartbreak, though, is if you don't take the time to do it right. Sure. You can spray on. It's from ten feet. And it looks beautiful. You're gonna get it peeling and flaking. It's nasty, mm -hmm. especially if you're doing an engine. 
A, you need to use the high heat, the high temp paint. B, you really need to prep that because you shouldn't even a, paint your engine. Flaking. Well, there is engine paints, but you really have to prep it. Yeah, let me because the flaking, nice peeling engine looks yeah. sucky. Um, and you, it's same with like wheels. I've seen people paint wheels, and that flakes off. It's bad. It's really bad because those are the surfaces that are really hard to to sand and and, and prep. I, in general, don't recommend painting engines and, and wheels. No. Powder coating them. Paint them, paint the engine silver. I'm like, why? Well, <laughs> people who paint it silver, it's easier than cleaning it. Yeah. yeah. See, oh, yeah. It, for me, it's easier to clean it than just to paint it silver. Um, well, it's an aluminum, and it gets an aluminum, aluminum oxide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'd yeah. rather have aluminum oxide than nasty peeling poor rattle can engine well, then you just throw another coat on it <laughs> yeah problem solved exactly. <laughs> i mean yeah so for people thinking about painting themselves because people ask me all the time just sure, like mike yeah. did the other day should i paint it's like I, this is what i wanted to talk about what can we think of to a prepare them and maybe prevent them or encourage them right. like i want to put all of our experiences out there so what, what's the xl70 covered in the X the, there is uh, tool bed liner. No, no. The oh, um, that no oh, the X XL the one seventy five. Oh, the one seventy five. Yeah. Yeah, I used um, it's the plasti dip that comes in a spray can. Okay. So it's a rubber spray on rubber. Um, I've heard people doing it. I wanted to try it. I mean, um, and it peels off. When you can peel it off if you don't like it. It's rubber. I can talk about this. I'm, I'm experienced plasti dip. But <laughs> the gasoline, if you get gasoline on it, it mars it. Pretty much. Uh, well, I mean, gasoline will like, ruin paint jobs anyway, but you know. not with a good clear coat. Yeah. You have you have time. Well, that's tr- that's true. But if you spill gasoline on plastic dip, it'll leave a dark spot no matter what yeah. you do. But the good news is, like, what I did that once, and I just took an exacto knife, just very carefully peeled off, like cut a little hole where the uh, gas strip was, and then I just sprayed some more in there, <laughs> <laughs> and you couldn't tell it ever was away. Yeah. So, plastic dip is some pretty rad stuff. What did you plastic dip? Uh, my CVR out there. That's plasti dipped. Really? Yeah, the F three. Yeah, that's you can see how it's like, it's white in the back, but it's like gray in the front, and it's gray because that's where all the fairing damage was. And I was just Uh, like, I don't think I want to paint this crap. I'm just gonna plasti dip over it, and I did. And it was pretty cool. What's the cost of plasti dipping? It's like ten bucks a can, and I used about two or three to do the whole bike. Maybe I'll maybe I do that because I don't actually want to do the tank. Yeah, because ta- on on my on my Connie the, the the tank is fine and it's actually a replacement tank. It's all the fairings around it. Yeah, plastic dipping your tank is a problem because I mean friction will make it go away. Yeah. So I didn't so, do yeah, the I'm tank. I'm not gonna bother with the tank yeah. anyway. So, but yeah. it's it's a great idea for like a non permanent solution. I like and it. If you want the matte black, <laughs> I recommend plastic dip just because if you just yeah. paint it black without a clear coat, it's gonna end up looking shitty anyway. Okay, so yeah, maybe I'll give that a try. <laughs> Any other tips anyone has or? Lots of electronic sanders. Um, oh, so you liked using the... Yeah, it was just easier. But not the random orbital, but used a finishing sander. Yeah, and, and to what, what grit sandpapers did you use? Oh, I started... All of them. <laughs> I think I started at 100, moved up to two, 150, 220, three... There's like a 350? Oh, no, you should be going up to like 800 no, 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 and 1200. I know, I know. And She's then, getting there. I'm Give her time. There. And then 300. And then after three, after three, I started wet sanding with four, and then six, and then eight. 
and then I do the tw- Susie sands a lot in her butt shaking action yeah <laughs> um, and then in between black coats because my bike is glossy black I would use like a 1200 really fine grit um, and then I think 12 was the highest I went up right so I did a lot of sanding a lot of sand. Oh, so and to wear a respirator when you do it because your yes. boogers will look nasty. Now, you know? And I, I do um, want to point out yeah, that. I've seen some purple ones before. Yeah. If you want to do the shortcut and you have an ugly bike, you can just make it less ugly. Like my rat bike, every now and then I just give it a fresh coat of flat black. <laughs> no prep, no nothing. Just spray it again. Mm-hmm. It went from really ugly to eh, kind of <laughs> ugly now. So just flat black. So if you have a really ugly bike, go to town. Yeah, I'd say wet yeah. sanding is really important, though. So I wanted to share the alternatives that I have explored, which is yeah. hiring a painter. Okay. So let's start with um, the first bike that I had professionally painted. It isn't here, but that was my custom chopper I made. I don't know if you guys have <clears throat> seen pictures somewhere, but... Um, yeah, I've seen it. It, yeah, you remember it had the chrome front end. I mean, it was it was a crazy custom big ass chopper. Right. And when you're spending twenty grand just to build a bike, right, you're gonna go all out. Sure. So I ended up paying. I think paint cost about four grand. Oh, it was like three grand yeah. for the main painter. Um, well, that had you had custom art on it too. Well, three grand. Yeah, it was. I had like three grand to the just for the main painter. And that's not including the powder coating that I did for like the frame stuff like that. And then I hired a, 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 a pinstriper that was a couple hundred bucks just to do the pinstriping by hand. And then I also hired an airbrush artist to put the Betty Pages on it and some uh, different stuff. I had my initials uh-huh. on it, stuff like that. So that ended up costing about four grand. Beautiful, beautiful nice. paint job. Got the bike home. I remember I brought a friend over. I'm like, check out my bike. She sat on the bike and did a tank slap and took a chip out of the tank the first day. (laughs) And I went, thank God, thank you, because I hate having something so perfect. I'm afraid of hurting it. You've now taken the stress off. I I hate trying to have something that's perfect because you just stress about it. Yeah. Yeah. I know the feeling, yeah. Yeah. So, and and then the... uh, and the sad story to that is, uh, like, a year later, I, I needed to adjust the chain. And the chain adjuster bolt was frozen into the rear swing arm. Mm-hmm. Um, we went through a couple hundred dollars of drill bits and easy outs that all broke in that trying mm-hmm. to remove it. We even went so far as welding another bolt to the bolt. Wow. It was not coming out. I think because uh, maybe because some powder coat had gotten into the threads in the frame. I don't know. But the solution was I had to dismantle the bike down to the swing arm, take the swing arm to a welder who had to heat it up very hot uh, to red hot and then remove it, which destroyed the paint. So then I had to take the swing arm back to the painter. And then you had a paint match. And paint match that. So that was another, I don't know, $600 or something. Yikes. It was very expensive. And and trying to, like I said, maintain something that's perfect. Ah, that's stressful. Um, But this was at the height of 
the chopper craze and people were doing like crazy paint jobs and getting crazy amounts of money right the ones that we make fun of on craigslist well, yeah. They're all selling them now. <laughs> so, chopper, it's always one dollar. Make me an offer. Spend over thirty thousand dollars. The next bike I wanted to get professionally painted was the CB750 Cafe Racer over in the corner. Right. Um, so I went back to that same painter and I said, "Okay, new bike," and he quoted me a, like a couple grand to do it. And I said, "No, no, 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 no. This is not a custom chopper." This is a bike that I paid $100 for and have built up. Right. Um, you got to do better than that. I talked him down to a grand, but he was an artist. I mean, he did. He was very good. Also, I had to take the... But he, he wouldn't do the um, the prep work on the tank. I had to take the tank to another guy who would bead blast it and do all the bondo and the filler. I mean... Yeah. The, when you're talking to people who are used to a very high caliber, people who are doing show cars and show bikes and stuff like that, it's very expensive. It's a beautiful job, sure. but it costs a lot of money. So I got that done, um, powder coated the frame again. That's separate. Um, but yeah, that was still a thousand plus all these other things. So when I did the triple here, <laughs> I decided time to shop around for a cheaper painter. Douglas, what are you doing? Testing my new lights. No, yeah, you're shining bright lights. You're blinding people instead. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so the triple, I decided to shop around and I asked uh, some shops if they knew any affordable painters. Sometimes you can find people who are starting out yeah. who will paint for a couple hundred bucks. They're still learning. Um, different reasons you'll find. So somebody said, yeah, there's a, a painter around the corner working out of this like storage unit thing go around the corner and I find this guy and he's this old Harley guy um, and he's like hey man how's it going oh yeah this is really cool and I start explaining because if you look I know you guys call it the bumblebee because it's got that vintage it Yamaha like well it's a vintage Yamaha racing yellow with the black um, kind of striped block square thingies and and the old Yamaha tuning fork logo I was explaining to him, and a good painter, you can explain it and they understand. He's sitting there with um, striping tape and he's masking it out as I'm talking. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. you're totally getting what I'm saying. You know, and again, I want the swoop on the side and this. And he, he was just taping it out right away and I thought, I found my guy. Because he's totally understanding what I want. Um, so I left it with him and he quoted me a price of, I think, 500 bucks. Sweet. So um, a few weeks later, I went back to check on him, went to his paint shop, and he wasn't there. Someone else was in his paint shop. They informed me that he couldn't pay the bills, and they took over his paint shop. <laughs> he didn't have a paint shop anymore. Right. Fuck. And he's got all my tins, as they say. Um, um, but they gave me a number to try, and I called the number, and it was a voicemail, and mailbox was full and it was just really kind of janky now i'm kind of sweating it so time goes by and i keep kind of checking in with those people do you know where where he is and like oh yeah he comes in like on fridays to like use our shop for spraying he came in and he primered and taped out your tank the other day i'm like okay cool it's not gone <laughs> This is good news. It's not being sold on Craigslist. Um, I kept trying to track him down. Every now and then he would call me, but he, I think he did that trick where it goes straight to voicemail. 
because I would get a message, not a call, saying, hey, man, I got your stuff. Yeah, it's coming out really good, man. Yeah, I taped it out. And uh, so uh, I'm wondering, can I get any more money? <laughs> well, I've learned don't you you give the the deposit like he accepted a thirty five dollar deposit when we first started because that's all the money I had in my pocket and he's like yeah man that's cool that's all right and I've heard from other people that this guy used to be the primo painter in Santa Cruz um, well after a few months of me like wanting my paint back um, I tracked him down and said. Yeah, I, I need my I need my stuff. He goes, yeah, man, it's almost done. It's coming out really good. I'm like, yeah, I need it. I want it now. I don't care if it's not done. I want it back. Yeah. It's like, yeah, man, that's cool, man. All right, I'll meet you tomorrow. I'll have it finished by then. So he shows up, and you guys can see that it has what's called that orange peel look mm -hmm. that's been sanded. Um, he's got beautiful lines, but what I discovered was he lost his paint shop. He um, is an alcoholic who um, can only paint when he can get the shakes to go away. And he rattle canned it in his backyard. <laughs> and never, bucks, it looks real nice. never <laughs> fully finished sanding or anything uh -huh. like that. I mean, the the design is great. Yeah. But to me, it's a heartbreak because if you, you get up close, yeah, I'm five close. feet away and I can see all of the little, it's not a smooth finish. I never noticed. It's a sanded like down a orange peel. bumps in it. It's yeah. just, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't notice. And of course he's like, look. yeah, man, all you close. have to do is take some polish and he starts explaining to me how I can finish it. And I was just like heartbroken like because he, he wasn't straight up with me. <laughs> That's why and you don't trust people so I'm like, you know what? Storage container. You know what, dude? <laughs> I said this is a $350 job, and that's all I'm giving you. I feel bad because he seems like a nice guy. And then I was really—it uh, was awkward because at the last bike show that we were had our booth at, bike he was day. set up across from us with his paint display, uh, pitching to people to paint their bikes. Awkward. And I'm like, <laughs> do I be the jackhole going like? Don't do it, don't do it. Or, I don't know, maybe you got to shit together because I heard that he used to be the primo painter. Yeah. I don't know. So I took a risk and went with the cheap, the cheapest bid, and I paid because that's a heartbreak because... Never go with the lowest bidder. Go with the second lowest bidder. So, I mean, what would you pay? What would you guys pay to have a bike painter? I wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't do it, man. I mean, like, the only You reason... just buy a new bike. Yeah. <laughs> like, the only reasons I see for painting it are, like, personal. And if I crashed a bike and it needed painting, I'd just sell it and be like, this bike needs paint. I'd just sell it for less money, you know? So, I don't care. I don't need a custom-painted bike. It doesn't matter to me, so... See, I would do the... You can buy the factory paints, obviously. Like, my VFR, I've done touch-up with... And I got the little... No, because it was asphalt black from the factory. I didn't do that one. Um, so I got the touch-up pens and the touch-up clear coat, so I do all the little nicks that way. Um, but for a custom mm. job, yeah. My gut says like five to eight or so. I mean, yeah. that's as much as I'd want to put into something I'd put in, be putting on the street. I haven't found a painter in that price range. I still know the really expensive chopper painting guys, mm -hmm. or, or a lot of them are just doing the cars now because a lot of bikes aren't being built anymore. It's hard. It's really hard. I mean, everyone in every city is going to have to make that own decision. I think everyone should paint a bike once and do all the research and, and don't take the shortcuts. Right. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, some of my early flat black jobs, I was trying for the final finish stuff. And then, yeah, without, you know, a bad clear coat or something like that, you would get all the, the bad things. So after a while, I was just like, okay, another, another rattle can on it. And that's <laughs> that's all the effort I would put into it anymore. Right. Well, if you have any painting experience uh, that you want to share with us, uh, give us, you know, give us a shout. Let us know. Um, I'd like to hear other people's experiences. Let's take this opportunity to hear a word from our favorite and only sponsor, Moto Bandito. Introducing Moto Bandito's low-hanging balls side mount storage system. Hey, Doug, I hear you have the low-hanging balls. Why, yes, I love my low-hanging balls. So tell me about your low-hanging balls. Sure! Instead of using traditional side mount luggage which sits up high, these balls hang down low for that low center of gravity. So how do you keep your balls from swinging around? I keep them cinched up with the low-hanging balls lock strap. Ooh, they're big! So what can you put in your big balls? I can fit just about anything in there. Helmet, gloves, nuts, marbles, soap, rocks, school supplies, stones, bean bags, fuel, jingle bells, laptop, wedding tackle, berries, my toupee, plums, and just about any other junk I got. I touched your balls a little earlier. They feel nice and smooth. Thanks! So, how secure are the low-hanging balls? My low-hanging balls are so tough, you could kick them as hard as you want, and you couldn't hurt my precious cargo. Ow, you're right! And with the patented security lock system, they're safe enough for anyone's family jewels. Wow, I see you chose the blue balls. What other colors do they come in? Well, my girlfriend gave me the blue balls, but other people might enjoy brown, white, tan, and I don't know if it's true or not, but the black balls look bigger to me. I've heard that too. So, where can others find their own low-hanging balls? Only at motobandido.com, that's B-A-N-D-I-D-O. And for you recently discharged Navy seamen, there's an incredible discount. Now, now that's, that's a happy, happy ending. ending. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, let's do some shout outs to people <clears throat> i want to do some shout outs to people i've been chatting with we really love it when people contact us through any of the different the mediums which will cover facebook or stuff like that we're we're available we like to talk bikes um a guy uh, roland cannon he sent a message uh the other morning and I picked up my, my smartphone and responded back, and he responded. And we kept chatting for like over an hour, just lying in bed, just chatting with this guy about bikes. But I wanted to share. He actually had an explanation. Um, a few podcasts back, we talked about Dan, who has that two-stroke bike. And we were very curious about why it had two spark plug holes. Right. We were fascinated. Well, he said back in the day that the two-strokes, they did foul out the plugs really easily so they still they, do they come with an extra spark plug so on the fly he even said while you're riding you can reach down mm -hmm. unplug it and slap it onto the other plug and keep <laughs> riding yeah yeah i like that yeah plus he said you can also use that other spark plug hole to put a decompression uh, unit on there for some of the higher uh you know higher uh the bigger bikes but um, also, uh, Mark Fiala, he, uh, he's out in Cleveland. 
Cleveland. And uh, he contacted me to see if he can get a shirt. So, yes, you can. And if you would like a shirt also, contact me um, via Facebook or our Gmail or the motorcycles and misfits.com. Uh, they're $20 and they say Santa Cruz on them and recycle and they're rad. Yeah. Uh, and my, my friend Scotty at work wants one, so we need to get him a large. Cool. Does he want a hot pink girl shirt? Do we have totally. hot pink girl shirt? Yeah, we do. We have a couple left. <laughs> um, also, um, Jorge Pena, which yeah. I thought it was so cute when he uh, signed his email. He spelled Jorge out so we knew how to pronounce it. Like, That's so cute, dude. This is California. <laughs> like, I speak burrito, okay? Oh, or should I say burrito? <laughs> Why is that? What? That's not... It's so racist, man. Yeah. I all sp- all the Spanish I know is in in Mexican restaurants. That's all the Spanish I need. So, so I speak you know burrito. that he's not George. We people speak American. <laughs> we speak hot dog. <laughs> you speak American. We speak hamburger. You don't like it? You mm-hmm. get out. <laughs> Megan, did you have some shout outs? Um, I already did the one to um, Sage and Matthew. That was yeah. Uh, we yeah. get we uh, Megan and I went down to here's a shout out to Garen oh yes Garen was the guy who helped us pick out a bunch of dirt gear at Cycle, Cycle Gear, gear and San Luis Obispo he knows his shit he's been riding for quite a while yeah um, maybe we can get him on the phone one of these times he has he has a couple good stories a couple good crash <laughs> yeah. stories so, super uh, nice guy yeah really Garen cool. thank you uh, listen to the podcast cool and uh, thanks for helping and pick us uh, pick the gear out yeah definitely so the next topic I wanted to bring up um, I'm calling it first time ride checks so we here love to uh, share our bikes and experience other people's bikes I'm always encouraging people like if somebody new shows up on a bike ask if you can ride it we just do a little test track you know on our block here but it's so cool to experience different bikes Lucas is my new project because he has a little appreciation for any bike that is not his current sport bike and that, I want to work on that it. Yeah. <laughs> I want I want him to learn what it you don't know what like why people ride Harleys is to harness that power it's like a riding a Bronco as opposed to a racehorse, dude. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't have any desire to sit in a lazy boy on two wheels. Man. I'm just saying, dude. No, that'd be the Gold Wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, gold Wings are for hardcore dudes. Gold Wings are for hardcore dudes. Um, what? Adrian's got a funny look on his face. Dude, dude, the guys who ride the wing have been riding for like thirty something years, and they're all like old pros, man. He doesn't dish out compliments. Let's just let him have that one. Yeah, fair enough. So, um, whenever, whenever we put somebody on a bike that's new to them, um, I always say first thing you want to do is, you see, uh, you can help me with this, Adrian. You have to make sure you know where all the controls are. Yeah, one of the first things I do is the electric checks. Like, can I do signals and horn? Um, can I turn the bike off? And what, on? What's the thing? T clock. Yeah. The acronym. Uh, it's been too long, sorry. Yeah, you're getting way too professional for me. <laughs> that was it, MSF. MSF. It's it's like, MSF which Liza never took. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it didn't throttle. exist when I started riding. I know, oh, that's you. why it's funny. T clock, throttle, clutch, uh, lights. lights. Uh, uh, oil. Uh, oil. 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 What? Oil? Yeah, oil. Yeah. Oil. Um, this is- 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the last one? <laughs> kickstand? Kickstand. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't Maybe? Know. No, what the hell else starts with K? It's got to be kickstand. Yeah. There, it was, it's just like pre-ride inspection. You yeah. just spelled... Oh, wait. What did you spell? T-clock, T-clock. Without the second oh, C. Okay. Um, But yeah, make sure you can control the bike. Like electricals and then I, I always love seeing people get on a bike and they're used to say a sport bike and they sit on a cruiser and their their feet are flapping around looking for the pegs ah. it's like no 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 it's forward go forward <laughs> pretend you're in the gynecological chair <laughs> <laughs> um, but the biggest thing is I tell everyone figure out how well it stops before you figure out how fast it goes yeah. <laughs> I think the friction zone too. You know where the clutch engages. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's really important. That's the first thing I look at. Yeah, yeah. it's different. There's the engage point. I do that when I when I hop on someone's bike. You do. You're putting all this into your subconscious. So, I do the clutch a couple times, like three times. I go back and forth yeah. just to feel the release point. Once you become more experienced rider, you learn like that. Yeah, it becomes very fast. It's really important to ask the owner. Is there any quirks I need yes, to know about? Yes, I was about? just about to say that because <laughs> right. I always you tell can people, save a lot of time. Yeah. And heartache. Is it hard to shift into neutral? Is any, it you know, any quirky thing? Like how I send people off on my rat bike, and I forget to mention that there is no key to turn it off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> details, details. You have to know where the secret switch is. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> Where's the? How do I? <laughs> <laughs> or the fact that the the choke lever is gone. It's been replaced by a Shimano. Uh, Shift ch- shifter from a bicycle. Yeah, that was weird too. <laughs> yeah, that. I don't think I've ridden this one. I, I think I'll have to. Well, I, Let me tell you though, that Shimano shift lever works better than the stupid on the Hondas. That choke button, that knob you have to pull. Uh, the knob or the lever? The knob. The knob. Okay. That you have to pull up. That if you try and do it when it's wet or you're wearing gloves is impossible. Uh, the Shimano lever I put on it actually ratchets, so it'll hold it exactly where you want it. I like it. What else you got? Uh, friction point as you're pulling away, um, and I usually check rear brake first, then front brake. That's a good point. So right rear first. Um, I don't know. Actually, it's just the okay. Where where can where's the lockup point for the rear? Where's the lockup point for the rear? Well, I I know you you just check them, but I, I thought there was some reason why you'd always check the rear one first. Like there's some uh, no reason behind that. Sometimes there is no reason. At least none that I can think of. Right now. <laughs> and then I check front. Um, Mostly because also if I need to stop the bike and the front doesn't work and the rear does, I guess, you know, I can figure out the skid point and bring the bike to a stop. So, um, if you, like, if you ever get onto a BMW, the turn signals are completely different. Most Japanese bikes, I know, most Japanese bikes, you guys are used to the left thumb operating the sure. turn signals. What, what is on a, on a BMW? I thought that was like that on every motorcycle. It's got no, a right button to, for the right got... turn signal and a left button oh, like for a, the left turn like signal and then the lower left button to turn it to cancel. Oh, uh, okay. That's, oh, that's kind of weird. weird. Yeah. Um, that's actually why I checked the signals first is because I jumped onto a Beamer not knowing this and was going down <laughs> the street with the signals and I couldn't turn them off and I kept hitting the horn. And it was quite embarrassing. So that's why yeah. I checked those things first. That you know what? That's the worst thing about having just that one little um, lever for your turn signals is that I often accidentally hit uh, the horn. Yeah, me too. And people like in their cars like fucking turn around and look at me and like do an <laughs> evil eye, and I'm like, sorry. Oh, the thing is, that's not it. Uh, what's actually the one complaint, so to speak, I have about my current bike is that the horn and signals are flipped from what I'm used to, oh. and from my uh, my partner's bike. So when I jump on hers. 
um, it's turn signal and horn, and then on mine, it's horn then turn signal. So <laughs> that well, must be confusing. Also, yes, also on some of my beamers, on the handlebar controls was also the radio controls and the windshield control. Ooh, fancy! Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Uh, can do, we do insert? Have... Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, what about the Moto Bandito wave? Button. <laughs> yeah, you will have to have that bike too. waving button. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, yeah, it's always good to get familiar. But I highly encourage to, at the least, sit on other people's bikes. I always say bikes are like shoes; find what fits, and it's always fun just to sit on them, see how they feel. You know. Yeah. So also, I can definitely highly recommend different styles of bikes. I mean, move out. Are you of, listening, Lucas? Move out of just the sport bike, or just out of the cruiser, or just out of the um, cafe racer. Go for like an enduro to a cruiser to sport bike, and it'll take you a couple miles to reset your body. Of like, okay, this is how I control this thing, um, but it's definitely worth it. Lucas, you kind of remind me of somebody who says like, I only eat hamburgers. Hamburgers are my favorite. I never need to eat anything but my favorite hamburgers. Or that's it for me. Why and not? I, if I want like, to eat a spider out of the sea, I'll eat a lobster, but never. <laughs> so, dude, you know, there's like Chinese food is really awesome and. Sometimes a salad isn't bad, and you know why is that? That's shocking. Look, I, I've yeah. ridden more yeah. than one type of bike. I just find sport bikes to be the most fun, and also they just like are hamburger, the best overall. Hamburger, hamburger, hamburger. Yeah. Hey, I like hamburgers. <laughs> exactly my point. <laughs> have you ever tried sushi? I have tried sushi. It's pretty good. Hey, as long as it's fresh. But it doesn't taste like hamburger. <laughs> I'm gonna put some uh, A1 on my sushi so it tastes like. Candy. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna kind of go if, uh, if I buy something with handlebars, I'll just find some clip-ons and put them on. <laughs> like, so you'll have a dirt bike with clip-ons. Yeah. Oh. Woo! I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> hey, it's a dirt bike that you can drag me on. <laughs> You're gonna have fun on the 16th. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I, I have something else I want to try here. Um, I brought this up to Adrian earlier, so he's clued in. This will be a group discussion, almost like a debate. You guys are going to have to think on this one. Turn on your little brains now. So let's imagine there's a scenario that for some reason, like shit goes down. I don't know. uh, The Chinese or the Russians or somebody come and invade. And now we're a communist country. So it's It's always the communists. It's Red Dawn. (laughs) And it's now communist country, something like that. And a decree is made. Yeah. That there will only be three different models of bikes available from now on. Oh, so the to- the Soviets did win. <laughs> so yeah. I'm asking you guys. So the CBR, the Jixer, and then we we, we, we know Lucas already. Yeah, the hamburger, the cheeseburger, and the bacon burger. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you need anything else? We have been appointed the committee to pick the three bikes to go forward in this country yeah what three bikes only three and we have to try and please as many of the population as we can with these three mm. why do we have to please them exactly yeah we're, we're dictatorship yeah. who cares Politburg. I, uh, so um <laughs> yeah okay the honda crf 450 for, for dirt. dirt and you can also yeah, since we're making the laws here, we can plate it and put it on for any of the dual sporters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, would that would would uh, that over the KLR say? 
Uh, yeah, mostly um, the Kaler is a bit heavy. The 450 um, would keep some of the racers happy. Oh, okay. Um, it's currently in the King of Baja right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, that would keep most of the dirt. I was going to say happen. that too, actually. Yeah. So we all agree that you need something for dirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should have, well, let's think about like what kinds of riding we could appease those people with. We should have like one for dirt and then like one for track and then like one for street. Okay, what about the people who like to do touring? Yeah. yeah. That would be like the street one, I guess. So you'd have... Um... <laughs> what about the people who like Harleys? Do it. <laughs> They're going to be in the gulags, dude. No, I say do something nice, like um, a Vulcan or something like that for all the Harley folks. Yeah. What about but the they're be- not going to like it because it's not a Harley. I'm like, oh, Japanese plastic crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. People well, shouldn't be intolerant about the bikes they don't super, like. Super customizable, though. I mean, are we still allowing people to change out handlebars in their garages? Yes. yes. Okay, so right. what's something that... Okay. Um, is with you know a different set of handlebars can be a totally different bike okay um sv650 i like it so you're gonna with that you're gonna please the sport bike riders sport bike racers street street fighters and racers what about tours tours might want to you know grab a sv with nice high handlebars yeah yeah. 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 Uh, some different fairings on i don't think it's sporty enough for people who like race or do track and do we count that as also the beginner bike most likely, yeah. Um, SV650 is a definitely jump up beginner bike, but it's manageable. That's why I'm saying 650 instead of 1,000. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think the racers will be happy because, well, that's all that everybody will be racing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, guess. there's still 500 glasses and 250 glasses, so racers race. They'll find something to race with. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 650, has, the SV especially, has so many aftermarket parts and so many things you can do with it. Yeah. All right. Then what's the third bike going to be? What? Why did everyone get quiet? I don't know. I made a suggestion. Okay, so we got our dirt and dual and street covered. I mean, from one dual bike. Sport, yeah. Then we also have the street racing and beginner. Hmm. So, uh, so then like a Vulcan or something like that. That would be the cruiser... Um, um, you can touring? make it something like a victory and really piss everybody off. <laughs> 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 Have you or seen like how big bolts. those things are? Uh, we we, like we, we test rode uh, in San Mateo. Oh, okay. So you actually yeah, were on the yeah. I was I was on the wide ass tire. Two fifty <laughs> rear tire. The eight ball with the yeah. two fifty wow. rear tire. Yeah. We could do something like the bolts. <laughs> I think mostly turns. That's like a good size. How how big is that, Liza? The was bolt. That, yeah. Was that six fifty seven hundred? Oh. Star, oh, the star bolt. bolt. I think is um, I think it's six fifty. Mm-hmm. Think so. I don't, I don't oh, no, remember. no. You know what? No, I think it's 750 because it's supposed to compete with uh, the uh, Iron 883. Um, here's one, Sportster. No. <laughs> Come on, everybody will be happy. Right, but so the that would be the cruiser and the tour so is a Sportster. No. Yeah. <laughs> 60 miles between Phillips. No. It's got like that tiny little. I guess it really doesn't thing. carry then. Yeah. yeah. What about the FLCXDXLXBYX? <laughs> Extra wide glide. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Dirt, street, touring, cruising. What else is there? Um, who are we leaving out? I think we kind of um, had to cover the around the worlders. I mean, because yeah. we said dual sport, but does that cover the I'm going to China and back? Or the I'm going to take the bike around the world? Um, 
so the BMW isn't making any of these because BMW makes a few bikes bikes that do a lot of things. You wouldn't put them on any any of the list, huh? What about the F six fifty or um, that could be a touring dirt street? Hey, hey, yeah. Asked if Justin was here, he would be schooling us. No, he'd be pimping the F eight hundred. Okay, well the F eight hundred. Yeah. Um, cause I'm, do you mean the F-800 or the F-650? Because they are different. Uh, it's all the same to me. <laughs> okay, then. Well, I, I mean, sure, the F-800. Because um, that could be... We also got to have a bike that shorter people can ride. I can just that would be the, the SV650. So I'm just surprised that no Beamer is major cut. Because um, they tend to be semi-specialized. I mean, you have the GS... 1200s, which are fucking huge. So take a smaller GS. Um, F800, doable. Still pretty big, It's though. still pretty big. The F700 is just a detuned 800, so that's kind of a pointless bike. I, um, I kind of feel like that 800 could be the... I, I mean, it I could be like the touring bike, and it could be the street bike. It could be... Um, it could be for the around-the-worlders. Yeah. I mean, adventure... You have to be, like, Justin's size to fit on it, though. I mean, just like Lucas says, fuck the Harley riders. I say, fuck the dirt riders. <laughs> oh! Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike, you haven't said anything. I, I'm, uh, it's, because I still don't know. I don't, still don't have, I don't yet have the library or encyclopedia of all the bikes in my head. Um, I don't spend enough time with with the uh, the magazines and, and all websites. right. So you're out. So yeah, yeah. You know, I I okay. mean, there's the verses, but okay. So let's take okay. I'll go along with you in theory, since this is a whole <laughs> theoretical, and say screw the dirt and pull the 450 out. So we got two bikes left. We oh, the I can't believe I won that one. Um, if we're actually having to choose this, um, I'd say let's go out to the parking light and do a knife fight. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the SV650 for the Hold on, let races. me get my gun. <laughs> oh. Hold on, let me call in the airstrike. I'm just going to join the party, and then I'm just going to tell everyone what I want. <laughs> so we got the SV650 for the racers and for any of the street folks. So we still need the around the world, and we need a cruiser. Because, well, Harley um, riders tend to be well-armed as well, so you probably don't want to piss them off completely. That's probably true. No, what are the Hell's Angels going to ride? I'm not commenting on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, Sony Barger has made his opinions about the whole thing clear, so you can go look up what he says. Who? Who has okay. done what? Huh? Oh, you're so I clueless. Okay. Um, so what do we come up with then? Um, actually, here's how would a Goldwing work? No, 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 no. No, no, no. hear me out. Um, mm-hmm. Because it would take a lot of the tours, and they would be satisfied with the long-distance sure. cruisers. You could probably throw some 50-50s on it and do something obscene in the dirt with it. No, and do no, the, no, no, no. And you can strip off all the they other stuff and have a really... Robbers. Yeah, you can. they make really good rat bikes and really good aggressive... Because mm-hmm. it's high-power plants, you have to take all the crap off of it. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about the most universal bikes, and you throw out the barge. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm I'm throwing out what could be used in the most yeah, ways. No. Yeah, that's it. I think I think I, I'd even be willing to maybe throw the CRF back on. 
But I like, I, but I like the F eight hundred. I just think the F eight hundred is too tall. Oh, the F eight hundred is also, it's too specialized. I really can't see it pleasing the, st- the street folks. Um, and I, the, the what long- would Lucas do? Yeah, oh, he, will, he will have his SV six fifty. Yeah, um, you know the F eight hundred can go around the world and can do all the <clears> terrain, <throat> but I wouldn't want a tour on it. And I would. Liza's want- raising her hand. Yes. <laughs> okay. What? Oh, see. Okay. I, I'm just going to throw this out, even though I only want to take a few more minutes on this. I forgot to mention they didn't take over just the U.S. They took over the world. Oh shit. Okay. So now, what about? What's the most common bike in the entire world? Probably a Honda. Something. Uh, Enfield, maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> oh my god, no. <laughs> Uh, the, the Honda 90. Honda yep. 90? Okay. Yeah. The most commonly used bike in the world. I guess you kind of got to have... I mean, think of all the small bike riders in every country. Right. Yeah. It's a major form of transportation mm-hmm. over yep. there. And you and would you be surprised how many chickens tires. you can tie to one of those things. <laughs> I've seen the photos on the internet. I've, yeah, I've, I've seen, seen them in person. And I've seen the goats. <laughs> I think you got to have that little bike that yeah. is just for yeah. anybody... Then for the strictly bike riders, if we go with one of these dual sports, I don't care if it's F800 dual sport or the the KLR, a dual sport, pick one, pick one, I don't care. Okay. The CRF, whatever, that can serve as street and off road, and if it's big enough, it could be a touring bike. I wouldn't want a tour on that. Yeah, I would want to pick one of the 650 classes for anything that would go into touring. Okay. Yeah. And then we gotta have something big and unwieldy for the biker clubs and the round the worlders. Um, <laughs> I mean, from what I've heard, up in Alaska, there is actually a lot of Harley Davidsons because you can easily work on them, and there's parts available. So let's choose something in the, in the HD realm. I never thought we would go there, but okay. <laughs> I mean, we did get quite a we, a spectrum yeah. of bikes. Well, cool. So, um, Lucas. Yes. You have the porn pick. pick of the week. <clears throat> yes, and I do. this week... We are looking in Cleveland. That's Shout right. out to the guys at Cleveland Moto. And I can guarantee if this truly is a good deal you found, Phil at Cleveland Moto will probably have it by tomorrow. That's my guess. <laughs> uh, well, it's kind of one of those bikes where you're taking a bit of a gamble on because I have the impression here the owner doesn't actually know what the hell this thing is. Is it a hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> it's not it It's it's not hamburger enough for me. Let's just say that. Um, so it's a veggie burger? <laughs> it, it, yeah. Um, so the title is Really Nice Kawasaki 600 Crotch Rocket. So I don't know about you guys, but whenever I hear someone say crotch rocket, that makes me automatically assume they don't know what they're talking about. So uh, <laughs> when I uh, looked at this thing, it says we're doing under 500 and under. So this guy's selling a 1989 600cc Kawasaki, and I think we said it was, what, a GPZ? Wait, no, that no, is no, not, that was not me a not seeing the picture. That was me just hearing. That is not a GPC. I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's it's like a Wait, Ninja Wait, what brand is it? Cowie. It has to be an old Ninja then. Yeah, it's like an old Ninja 600. Um, but it okay. looks very ninja. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a it looks like a Ninja. It's a sport bike. So, um But that front fairing is really odd. Yeah. Something is not quite It's it's well, not right. to come take a look at it again. That I've that seen is it. a Ninja. It, 
but those fairings, like, okay, it's got sort of the rounded D um, look on the back for the taillights, but those front fairings are completely... Yeah, they're the, not... The front yeah. fairings look like an EX. Is no, they don't. The no, EX comes in with a flat um, in line with the with the frame. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. got no, an angled up. This is right. He just has to, He has an additional metal strap right there. That's why it's looking off to you guys. <laughs> yeah, but um, see how... Yeah. All right, so make sure that not there. And it looks right. It looks right to me. Okay. Let, let's yeah. just. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's well, a, a slightly indeterminate. Guys can take uh, a look model. at it for us and determine what the hell it is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yes, please do. Um, wow, that is weird. There actually is like a metal piece going between the two varying pieces. Whatever. Anyway, um, so it says right here. I have really fast, nice-looking 1989 bike. Preferably, I'd rather trade it for a bigger bike, so I'll add money to sweeten the deal if you have a crotch rocket you would like to trade. That's pretty fair. I'll sell it outright for 500 during the winter, or 900 once the weather gets nice out. But also, <laughs> <laughs> at least he's honest. <laughs> but also interested in four-wheelers or bangs. Let me know what you got. What's a bang? Four-wheelers or bangs. I have no idea. I have no idea. Donut. Oh, um, a guns. Banger? A banger? Oh, that's a really weird <laughs> thing. Yeah, you gotta remember, we are in California, we don't always hear those things. <laughs> we, we just say, like, gats, heaters, yeah. They just say bangs, apparently. Uh, no, um, that's just you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, damn. I opened the stupid picture again. I hate phones, man. Anyway, uh, it says, let's see. Uh, he has his number. Let's make a deal. This bike is plenty fast enough. I just want something a little bigger. And I mean, looking at it, it looks like it's in pretty good condition. I mean, the pictures are kind of small and you can't see them that well. And I'm looking at it on the phone. That sounds like a deal. And I, I think yeah. this brings up the point. If it's the, running. The reason I wanted bucks. to check in other cities. I mean, there's a debate about our bikes more expensive here in California because yes. there's so I totally many people riding. Yeah. But totally also, you, when you go places where the weather is bad... And you can't ride off season. You get smoking deals. We don't really have an off season, and we haven't had any Especially rain. this year. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, no shit. <laughs> yeah. So that, but also we just like to keep pointing out that you can find a good deal for five hundred. But sometimes, yeah. dude, this bike, you got to know what to look for. This bike is good. I mean, assuming the internals are good, it's got like a Vance and Hines pipe. It's got really clean looking fairings. Um, doesn't look crashed or anything. It looks pretty fresh, like Does for five hundred bucks. Does it have anything bucks. about um, mileage? No, he doesn't say anything about that. So it might be high mileage, but I think for five hundred bucks, I mean, it's still a really wrong. good deal. Yeah. You could ride that up to California and sell it for like fifteen hundred. <laughs> well, Davey and Jimmy were here visiting yesterday, and I let him ride uh, Donuts Ninja Two Fifty, which he loves. Mm -hmm. He wants to buy it, and I said, "Oh, I don't know, man. You're six foot three and growing." Yeah. Um. Maybe you should look at an EX500 because he wanted something affordable. Mm -hmm. There were actually two of them, but they were like over two grand right now. Yeah. Yeah, they tend to hold their value. Yeah. We were actually talking about this around the campfire oh, cool. the other night about how much I could sell my EX500 for. Is is it because they are like really good beginner bikes and there's always a market of beginners who want them? Or why do they hold their value so well? Um, because of the beginner's market as I well as so. um, the racer market. Racer market? There's a 500 yeah. class that people race. I yeah. didn't figure that. It doesn't seem like a fast go on, bike to me. Go, so. on, go on to the EX500 forum, and <laughs> yeah, you'll. It's a, there's a ton of old racers on there. Um, there's actually this one guy out in Arkansas, I think, and his screen name is Fog. And he 
used to race EX500s, and he's created a bunch of modifications that make it a much better bike. And, like, people sell stuff on Craigslist, fog mods, and it raises the price for them. Like, he, nice. he knows the engine and the bike better than the manufacturers. So he basically just, you know, churns out race prep EX500s. Pretty much. That's pretty legit. And all of his mods, he puts them up online. Like, it's really easy. This is how you do it. Here's some pictures. Here's the instructions. Do it yourself. So he he even teaches you how to do it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty nice. Yeah. So let's let's wrap this up. And uh, as we're going out, Megan, you're going to start telling us about how people can contact us. But (laughs) I want to see, Douglas, you've been working this whole time on this pocket bike. Are you going to have it started for us? Yeah. Awesome. So uh, you give a, that. We'll okay. do our shout outs and then On we'll go out with Facebook, the engine. On uh, Facebook, Recycle Santa Cruz. Our website is motorcyclesandmisfits.com. You can email us at recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com. And please like and rate us on iTunes. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, Douglas has been working on this pocket bike that got donated, which is pretty rad. Um, yeah, having it running today will be cool. So um, before we get to that, I wanted to uh, thank everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. This is Eliza. This is Lucas. Mike. Megan. Adrian. And Douglas over here. Doug. Yep. Start it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. yeah. I think it's time to go ride it. Woo! Yeah! Yeah, All right. Thanks. We're out. Cool, cool. Cool, cool.